And literally, that was the light bulb moment that led to me dropping everything within weeks of those conversations and going, I'm just going to do this. Never imagining I would build a business doing it, just going, oh, I'll go teach. And I did. And within two years, I had hundreds of students and had to say no to kids because my time was limited. And because my time was limited, I had to figure out a way to help more kids. And that is how we started Chess for Life. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the Past Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, super excited about the conversation that we're going to have today. And actually, interestingly enough, today we're going to be talking with Elliot Naff, who is the founder and CEO of Chess for Life, which is a platform that teaches kids critical thinking skills, problem-solving EQ, and other important life lessons um, through the game of chess. And he's also the author of a, a, a book called Upon's Journey, Transforming Lives One move at a time, all of which are obviously connected and related. And I'm super excited about this conversation because chess is one of those things that we know that kids who love it can figure it out. The problem-solving skills are epic. And for those of us who struggle, I'm pointing at myself, never quite figure out chess. It, it's just an ongoing journey for, for life as a result of it. So um, Elliot, welcome to the program. Super excited to have you. Thank you, Annalise. I'm excited to chat with you as well. And uh, as you mentioned, chess is a fun game. Some people might feel intimidated by the game, yet in reality, it's an amazing educational tool. Yeah, it really is. And 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 we see this with strategy games generally, right? And we, it is a topic that comes up, you know, fairly frequently when we're talking about how do we get kids engaged in things and how do we keep the teach them problem-solving skills and invariably games will pop up. So let's start sort of the high level. Um, Elliot, why why, why chess? Why chess for life? Obviously, you love it, and there is more background. I'm going to let you share that rather than me reading it. Um, you know, but but help us understand why why this thing, why this you passion. Know, th- th- thank you for asking, and, and absolutely, it is a passion. It is a joy. I've not had a job in 20 years is the way I like to put it. <laughs> you know, and, and chess is this fun game, which to some, as we mentioned, can at first seem intimidating just because of its complexity. And it is complex. It, it really truly is. There's, there's no denying it. There's no saying it's not. And yet it's a very understandable game that has these amazing skills that it develops. So kids have fun learning this game when it's taught the right way, when it's taught in a way that is understandable and fun and engaging. And as they're doing it, they're developing these problem-solving skills, these real-world transferable skills, you know, these, these social-emotional skills. A lot of people don't think chess and social, and yet it does. Because if you think about it, you are working with someone across the board from you, and if it's set up correctly, you're literally collaborating together and problem-solving together and building new friendships and reaching out your hand and shaking hands, at least pre-COVID, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> as right. part of the etiquette of tournaments, 
And, and you're developing all these amazing skills, which transfer and are correlated directly into STEM careers, into, into programming skills, into real-world skills. In fact, uh, I, I know we're kind of just jumping right in, but one of the things I like to say, which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek remark, is we have an organization on a mission to bring the benefits of chess to a million kids a week. And when I do my job right, these kids quit playing chess. Right. Exactly. And I tell, I tell folks that too, you right? Know? The, 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 we know we got it right when the school or whoever we're working with says, we've got this now. Thanks so much. Right. That's the win. Exactly. That is the reality. That is the win. Yeah. It is because chess, you know, well, it can be fun and it's a great competition game. And I competed and loved the game as a kid too. In terms of a long-term career to achieve your other goals in life, Mm -hmm. you probably don't want to try to achieve those by playing chess competitions. Right. (laughs) It's not it's it's not a career for most, right? No, for most it is not. And and for even myself, even though I competed nationally and was invited internationally, my career in it has been using it as an educational tool. And I never imagined I would do this full time, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, so here you are, right? And so, you know, 20 some odd years ago, you, you start this, you start this thing, this, this organization, Chess for Life. And, and, and fast forward, if you will, today, you know, you're, you're 70 plus employees um, and over 10,000 students trained just reading through some of the stats that, you know, got sent over ahead of time. That's, that's not a small thing. So this is not a small organization or a small company or a small endeavor at this point. Correct. And let me actually clarify something there. That 10,000 student number are the ones I've personally trained. Ah, so those... Our organization is annually having our tools accessible to well over 300,000 kids a year now. Yeah, and that is awesome. 39 states... And growing. And, you know, something I should probably put in here right away is people go, why chess? And of course, we've touched upon some of these, some of these benefits of the game. But the story as to how I fell into it really tells the why, I think, well. And well, this sure. is that We're dying to know. I was, <laughs> <laughs> it brings me back to my days of being a high, you know, I became a high school state champion in chess because I just cared about chess and I liked playing and I made friends with it. And I, had this dream of being champion. And so I put in tons of effort to get there. But let me gloss over that. I was high school champion representing Washington State at the national championships. And I was coaching my friends and my team members because I wanted our team to do well in team championships. So here you start building that team aspect of helping others and working together. So I just fell into coaching others and enjoyed helping others. And for years, I did that all part-time Never once did it cross my mind I could do this full-time. So I had other careers. I worked in other business after high school and some college. And then I reached this point in my life, early, almost mid-20s. I was thinking, you know, what's my career? I really want to make a difference. You know, I'm doing all these different things, but it doesn't feel like I have a focus in my life where I can make a difference, even though I enjoyed the things I was doing. So I decided, okay, I've got to quit everything, including give away all my chess students who I'd been coaching at that point, and let me go back to education to prepare for whatever path that is. So I'm about to hand off all my students to other chess coaches, literally figuring out who's going to go to, who am I going to recommend to who so that I can help them the best. And I, even at that point, I already had 100, 150 students. 
in some classes and individuals. And and then at the April, it was April, May of this year, 20 years ago, and some parents uh, were just thankful for the work I had done and they took me out to dinner. We built friendships, right, through all of this social connection. And, and they told me just a few things as we had dinner. And I remember these conversations and I had several conversations that went along the same lines. And they were saying, you know, thanks for coaching our kids. We, we value that. It's great. Our kids are loving it. They're doing well in tournaments. They're, they're progressing. And then they said something profound. They said, you know what? Here's what we've noticed. One, they said our kids a year ago would come home from school and then they would have all this homework. And about 10 minutes into homework, they were like bouncing off the walls and couldn't focus. And they said, here we are a year later and they can sit down and focus for even an hour at a time. No problem. And they go, we think it's because of the training that they've had with chests to slow down and think and practice and then compete in tournaments that last an hour at a time for each match many times. And they said on top of that, we've noticed that their grades have dramatically increased. And they said, we've noticed that they're no longer afraid to try things. They're willing to fail. They said the growth mindset that we have seen here and they go, we think it's because of the work you've done coaching them in chess. So thank you for that. And that's what we appreciate. It took three of those conversations. And then I was driving home one night, still planning to get rid of my students when it suddenly hit me. I was like, that's it. I'm making the difference. And literally, that was the light bulb moment that led to me dropping everything within weeks of those conversations and going, I'm just going to do this. Never imagining I would build a business doing it, just going, oh, I'll go teach. And I did. And within two years, I had hundreds of students and had to say no to kids because my time was limited. And because my time was limited, I had to figure out a way to help more kids. And that yeah. is how we started Chess for Life. Chess for Life. Yeah. That is a remarkable story. But it's also one that uh, honestly, you know, when I think about some of the most amazing interviews and on, I, I love Learning Unbox because I have met the most incredible people doing just epically cool stuff and they're making a difference and they're loving what they do. And when you really dig in, oftentimes what you will find is, you know, I, I, I there's a passion, right? It's something I love anyway, but I also discovered that I could make a difference by doing that thing. And I was surprised by it. And so, you know, um, once you dig in, you find out that's a pretty common, I think, component. But I also think that it's probably one of the key reasons why the program is successful, right? Because you do, in fact, love what you do and you see the value and you connect, connect, can connect it to so many different things, right? There's right. power in that. Yeah, there is. And you know, something I would like to add to this, because I'm sure that many people listening and others, and I've experienced this over the years, would go, well, that's awesome. You know, you became a chess master. You can do this. But actually what we've discovered is that as we grew over the years and as we brought in more, more team members to help pass on this benefit to youth, we had this dream that was like, we want to impact every kid we can. And then it became quantified as we got more and more progress. And we said, ultimately, the dream became, what would it take to impact 1 million kids per week with life skills through the game of chess? You know, And we're developing these mindsets, these growth mindsets. Like we like to say in chess and in life, you can win a game, you can draw, that means there's a tie, or what else can happen? You can learn. 
right? There's no losing when the mindset is, hey, if I get checkmated, how did I get checkmated? What can I learn from how my opponent won this game? How can I apply that to improve my skill? And so you build this growth mindset right into the game and how you teach it, right? So we have these life skills. And then to this point about creating impact for youth and how you make that scalable, one of the things that I discovered as we set about to answer that question, what would it take to impact a million kids a week, was we realized something. If you hired a general chess master who does not have a background in education, they were not good teachers. No. <laughs> They're good at what they do, but they had a hard time explaining yeah, yeah, to yeah, a beginner. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and so the key that we discovered was we built our own curriculum to teach the game of chess in an educational framework to go, here's how we make it engaging, cyclical learning cycle. You know, you revisit these topics, you build upon them, and you're doing it at the appropriate skill level of those youth. And so we've actually gotten to the point where we're able to empower educators to bring the benefits to their youth from as early as preschool all the way up through college. You know, so for example, we had this school we partnered with literally in the last 12 months. And the goal was to bring the benefits to all the youth. So we literally trained all the teachers in a 90-minute professional development uh, seminar. And it was interactive, highly engaging. We make learning for teachers fun too, right? (laughs) Who wants to sit through boring lectures? We had plenty of that in our own learning. It's like, no, if kids don't like it, well, guess what? I'm a big kid. I don't like it either. (laughs) So we make it fun. And literally after 90 minutes, the next week, all the kids and all the teachers had chess integration into their curriculum 15 minutes at a time in the classroom. And, and th- three quarters of those teachers didn't even know the names of the pieces. Right. Prior started, to that one right. time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not about chess. It's about education through this fun vehicle of the game of chess. And so that's just a snippet of, of what's been fascinating as we've discovered how to bring these benefits to youth. And I know I'm talking a lot here, but, you know, look, look, <laughs> another aspect of this that I just love to talk about, too. And I picked this up too, looking at your podcast, as you're talking about how education is, you know, there's nothing wrong with education. It's just so much of what is education was designed for the world a hundred years ago. Right. It's not right <laughs> it's now. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There wasn't a problem then, but the world is shifting. And that's what I see, right? I see technology and AI coming in and what's it doing, right? The kids that we are training today, the world that they're going to be in as they graduate college maybe 50% of the jobs will be obsolete from the ones today and will be morphed into something new. Right, exactly. They're not going right? away. These machines it's aren't replacing changing. us. It's just new jobs are being created as a result. Right. Correct. It's right. like even this this friend of mine, uh, a connection of ours, they run a fairly large dairy farm. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, so how unchanging can you get? Well, guess what? In many ways, he says, actually, what I am is I'm a data analyst. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now this is what I'm doing instead, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's really, that's the new world we live in where technology means it changes what we need. And what are the skills we need? Mm -hmm. We need to collaborate and problem solve. Exactly. Right. 100%. And so that's what we build through a fun game like chess. Okay. 
anyway. And we need to see every every opportunity that didn't work out the way we originally thought it was going to, right? It's not that loss, right? And it's not right. a fail. It's an opportunity to learn and iterate yet again. But you have to have the mindset to say, I'm super comfortable in that. And to recognize that when that happens, it is, an, in fact, an opportunity. It's it's not right. a step back. It's a step. It's a step forward in many ways. And and I think that that's also one of the things that I, I and I love this connection with, with chess and strategy games in mm-hmm. general, right? Because mm-hmm. of the idea that if we truly step back and say, where is the opportunity? The opportunity is to, I'm going to use the F word, even though that's not really what it is. It's that opportunity for us to fail and to mm-hmm. fail often. But more importantly, it's super important to fail fast so that we right. can learn that much faster, right? And that that is the essence of it. That failure is not, not the right. big giant F that we perceive it to be. In fact, it's that learning opportunity to, to excel that much faster. Absolutely, absolutely. And, the, and I'm glad you pointed out the fast portion of this. Because the world is shifting so quickly. If you iterate the perfect solution, one, we know it's not going to be perfect. (laughs) So it will never be perfect as much as you want it to be because you need this feedback loop. You need the the practical experience. In fact, it's so much so that we've used FAIL as an acronym now to say first attempt in learning. Mm -hmm. So go FAIL, right? Quick learning. Yeah, do. The faster you go, the better. In fact, if you launch something and nothing goes wrong, you waited too long. <laughs> well, and you probably you missed something. Yes. Right. You probably and so did. Yeah. you should be afraid at that point. Right. Like mm-hmm. what what did I miss? What do I not know? What is about to smack me in the face in yeah. the worst way possible? I agree yeah, let's, 100%. Let's actually, yeah. Let's talk about that skill as it directly rates, relates to the career of computer science. Yeah. Right? There, what are they doing? They're consistently, they've got a problem to solve. They figure out a possible solution. They implement it with a feedback loop mm-hmm. and test all the things that went wrong. Right, right. And they, they try celebrate to break every one of them. Exactly. Yeah, That's the whole goal is you it. put it yeah. out there and you test it and you try it and, you, and you're problem yeah. solving it. Right. It's mm-hmm. so fascinating that mm-hmm. that's exactly what we want to do. Yeah. And if and, but, you're afraid to have any of that failure, right? If yeah, you're a perfectionist yeah. who's afraid to fail, you're really in a tough spot. Yeah. And you're, you're really um, holding yourself back. Right. And I think that's a conversation that's super important, right? We need to be having it at the community level. Parents need to be having it with their children. Teachers need to be having it with their kids. But when you shift your practice, right, back to something mm-hmm. that you were talking about earlier, you know, after, you know, your your teacher professional um, session, it's really, really important, right, that that conversation change at the most fundamental level, right? And that we embrace Correct. it as part of our own internal pedagogical approach is to say, look, we really, really want to get to the point where we embrace this moment as the the moment where we will actually learn the most. The the flip side of that, and my staff talks about this all the time in the work that we do, is that in a traditional sort of um, educational setting, the process that happens as we go and we we learn new things and we go all the way through, we may do some problem solving and some collaborative skills, but then we get to this point where we're going to test something, right? Mm-hmm. Take your pick on what that's going to look like in any given mm-hmm. thing. But in traditional learning, that's where we stop. We don't go back and modify 
right? Because we test and we either pass, we fail, or something in between, and we just move on to the next thing. It's not the real world. It's not life. Industry doesn't work that way. You know, if you did, you know, you you only got, you know, a 60% as that computer programmer, we're not just gonna say, okay, now we're gonna let you go on and code something else. We're gonna say, whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. Yep. Right. So that's I think absolutely that that's, true. That's yeah. a great point because to celebrate failure doesn't mean to accept mediocrity. Absolutely. Yeah. So in our life principles and things that we teach, Win, draw, learn is our core principle. And we pair it with things like always improve. You never have arrived. You can always get it better. So fail fast, learn, and improve. And then we pair that to the social emotional aspects and these collaboration skills like better together, recognizing that just like in a chess game, each piece has its unique way of moving, its unique strengths, its unique abilities. So in life, every person has their unique strengths, their unique abilities. And when you learn to celebrate those differences and figure out how partnering together makes it stronger together, just like in the chess game, using your pieces together as a team creates a cohesive plan, then you build strength. So working together. You know, uh, some people, if they don't know anything about the game of chess, might still be puzzled at with something I said earlier, which was even at the preschool level, you can do this. So are you familiar with what Head Start is? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We've literally partnered with many Head Starts and have introduced education through chess concepts to thousands of Head Start, the lowest income, most challenged youth because of the importance of starting right. And I want to give, if you, if you like, one quick example of how you can go about doing that, incorporating these mindsets. So in a chess game, and for those listening who might not know this, the king is the object of the game. If you trap the king, the game is over. Well, imagine an empty chessboard, which is the same size as a checkerboard, eight by eight, as a traditional. And so you have 64 squares. Well, imagine this activity. You take two students, you discover the king, and you place it inside any square on that board. Now this king moves one square anywhere, one square at a time. And now you play a game. And the first game can be as simple as, let's take turns moving this king one square, and we're gonna play around the world. When your king has landed on each edge of the board, we win. And they take turns and they collaborate and they build impulse control because they're waiting and they're talking together and going, (laughs) excuse me, things like, wait, we haven't got that edge yet, right? They're problem solving at an extremely simple level. And how much chess did they need to know to play this? (laughs) Nothing. They learned one concept, sit in a square, move one square at a time. Now let's go visit all the edges. And it's a fun mini game. And that's really the secret is we've built hundreds and hundreds of these mini games that is slowly building new knowledge, but incorporating it into immediate practical gameplay. None of this lecturing, right? right? You're scaffolding kids to be successful, right? That's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. It is, it is amazing to watch these, these little kids. And, you know, let's talk about for a second, if you don't mind another Amazing little concept. 
you know, when my wife and I were first expecting a child, our first child, I had trained 10,000 kids. So I knew a lot of families. I got to observe kids on the spectrum. And so I went to this one family and who I highly respected how they had raised their two daughters. And, and I said, you know, would you be willing to share your advice? You know, I love what I've seen over the years. You know, what's your secret to raising kids? We're about to have our first. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, why reinvent the wheel here? I want to learn from the best. So we go over to their place for dinner. And after dinner, I'm just like, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to hear this, this great insight, right? And we sit down and they go, you know, do your best to not put a lid on them. He paused. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And go, hmm, what else? He goes, that's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, please unpack that a little bit. He said, you know what? Our education system as a whole, society as a whole, it's just ingrained to talk about, are you ahead? Mm-hmm. Are you behind? Mm-hmm. We create expectations and he goes, and kids live up to them mm-hmm. or down to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He goes, the exactly. more you can avoid any sort of a lid and just recognize right. their individual giftings and allow it to flourish. And he even said this with his kids in, in school. And it's a concept that I, the more I've thought about it, the more I thought there's something powerful here. He said, can you imagine if we would only celebrate progress? using the learning as we go. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we measure progress. He goes, how much in school you measure how far you missed something. Right, right. Instead of how far you progressed towards right. something. Right, That's an interesting goes, way to put it. If I love we that. take the yeah. lid off mm-hmm. and if we measure progress, he goes, what's going to happen to the confidence that allows them to be willing to fail right. to get the learning to then achieve? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Anyway, I digressed a little bit here, but... No, but I think that's a really, really great point. And I love that because I don't think I've ever had anybody come on and sort of make that point from that direction. So I actually appreciate Mm. that very much. So thank you for that. I would like to make sure, though, before we wrap up our conversation, that we do spend just a few minutes talking about the curriculum, the program itself. So I'm a school, I'm a teacher, I'm a parent, um, you know, I'm I'm the community center. And I want Chess for Life to come and be part of my ecosystem. A, how, how do I get Chess for Life there? And B, then once it shows up, what, what, what should I expect it to look like? Help me Absolutely. understand that. So we partner with groups from schools to districts, school districts, from small to large. We're talking anywhere from a single classroom or an after-school club to an immersion model of all students, teachers involved to district-wide access through our application tools. So one, in order to learn more, a great thing to do is just to visit our website, Chess Number 4 Life. And we have a suite of free tools and resources that you can find or reach out to us and we'll send you some. And you can get started easily with getting awareness of what this looks like. And then if a school were to partner, with us. We provide professional development for any and all staff. We provide tools and a platform that brings the digital access to curriculum content with these hundreds and hundreds of activities so that the curriculum is right there ready to follow step by step. And the support to take it further. So whether it's an introduction or beyond and what it can look like 
is as simple as a 15 minutes, two to three times a week integration into curriculum. That's the immersion style model where any literally curriculum, any class, any teacher, any subject, we can put so this what, anywhere. You, there are ways to do it. We've done some of the curriculum integration into specific curriculums like the math curriculums in grade school, elementary school, preschool. And we partner with schools and districts to do customization in order to go, okay, now your objective in your state standards and your school is this. Here's some of our units and we can do some customization to say now when you invest 15 minutes in the classroom doing this activity, this is mapping directly to these outcomes. For example, at the Head Start, they use TS Gold quite a bit and we've worked to have the chess objectives directly mapped to some of those TS Gold standards. You know, the kindergarten readiness on the social, emotional, the cognitive, the language skills, the problem solving, the early, the math skills, right? And so we do this at the different levels for an integration. After school clubs, typically that's more of a model where kids come after the school or before school or lunchtime. And in there, you have a variety of ages, grades, and such. And so there the model is built into what we call our six keys. And these six keys to a fun and engaging program are designed to ensure that the experience makes it fun for all kids, not just a program where chess nerds get together. <laughs> you see. Nothing wrong it's with chess nerds, though, but no, we want to find nothing all kids wrong with space, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> but we want to help all kids belong. Yeah. Yeah. We want all kids to feel welcome. And we want all kids. At the end of the day, part of the vision that I've seen with this is, you know how in grade school, in PE, for example, you'll have six or eight or different sports from floor hockey to, you know, all these different ones. And they do what? Six-week rotations or something. Or, you know, you'll do this. Some kids like one sport. Some kids like all sports. Some kids like none. But they get exposure to it. In my view, these benefits of how you think are such that ultimately it should be a no-brainer that kids just have the minimum dosage and access. And then kids who want to go further with opportunity can do that. Tools are available. So I, I digressed a little bit to our vision of, of seeing where this can go. But in terms of what that looks like with schools, we have it from as little as an after-school club, one teacher runs, to multiple classroom integrations, to one of the districts we work with now has a full-time chess teachers as an elective in middle school. One of them, for example, is in his fourth year. He moved from being a math teacher to chess teacher. He was skeptical at first, but he decided to give it a try. And now here we are four years later. He has eight classes full, 40 kids each. It's an elective in the middle school and a wait list of kids who want to join it. And in that same district, there's now a second and third middle school adding in the chess elective mm -hmm. because of these outcomes yeah. of yeah, giving it's, it's kids win. these skills. Yeah, it exactly. is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a win in that sort of skills category that we oftentimes in education struggle to figure out how, how to sort of fill in those gaps, right? Because sometimes it's really difficult to see that those full collective set of you know, fully formed human um, skills, ultimately, at the end of the day, how they 
relate to the content we're trying to teach. And sometimes that's where we we bump up into schools or teachers having that difficulty in trying to figure out that transition. And so I love the fact that, you know, through this program, you're you're basically saying, look, here's another tool that you can use in your chest to, to get your kids there. Yeah. And on that note, I think it's really important to point out that you know how teachers are amazing with the work that they do. They are some of the most underpaid and overworked individuals who have a heart, majority have a heart, for helping these youth. The biggest thing that we looked at was we do not want to be, oh, another thing to squeeze in. Correct. So what we really sought to do, and I think is the key to this, is that if you've got 45 minutes for, let's say, a math period, If you were to take that to 30 minutes on your regular curriculum and take 15 minutes of that time on the chess activities that directly achieve the goal you're trying to do, what happens? We help build the same activity and kids become more engaged because they're now having more fun. They have even more, right? Who doesn't want to play a game instead of do another worksheet or something, right? Right. 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 And so that's the kind of outcomes we start seeing to where kids engage with it and actually learn concepts faster and have more fun and stay more engaged because of the way of learning, because it's now gamification of learning. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't want to do play games? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the answer is everybody wants to play. So we love yes. that very much. You know, yeah. Elliot, thank you so much for taking time um, out of your day to have this conversation with us, to share the journey of Chess for Life. Um, we encourage everybody to uh, go to the website. We will also have resources um, when um, when the episode airs um, with links um, back to Elliot Wonderful. and Elliot's great work. And we encourage folks to reach out and to see if you can't bring Chess for Life into your own classroom and your own practice. And we thank you for sharing with us today. Well, thank you, Annalise. And the final note I'll just say too is if you just love to read and you're not sure you like chess at all, check out the book Upon's Journey. It's a novel inspired by the true life stories of many students. It has been used in many classrooms from second grade all the way through middle school because of the mindsets of success that are portrayed through this novel. Oh, very exciting. So check that out as well. We'll have links to that as well. So excellent. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you today. You as well. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.